Welcome everyone to episode 5 of Down to Play. I'm your host, Dapper Tux, along with the one, the only, Next Gen Player. This episode, we are taking a trip to the future and exploring the latest and greatest from CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk 2077. Late last week, developer CD Projekt Red gave us a deeper look into the world of Cyberpunk 2077 with the Night City Wire. The livestream event was packed with new information around the game and some completely unexpected surprises as well. Personally, I love the event. I cannot wait until the game drops. You can imagine my surprise when we got a look at a brand new story trailer. We got a ton of tidbits around the open world character, story, and gameplay. Playing as V, the main protagonist, um, there's a big heist to steal a biochip that gives the host a fountain of cybernetic youth. Things get complicated as you try to steal the chip uh, from the Arasaka Megacorp, and then everything goes sideways, and we get to see some pretty wild graphics and, you know, things kick off, hand-to-hand -hand combat, car chases, all that fun Hollywood-style stuff. So I did find that from this story trailer, it was a lot more action-oriented than in the past. Things were a little bit more about character development, um, where this, I just found, was just straight-up action, which was, which was pretty exciting for me. I don't know, Paul, what did you think? I mean, I've always been interested in this game um, ever since it got announced something like, what, seven and a half years ago, <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm... I gotta be, like, fully transparent. I'm not super familiar with the Cyberpunk. Um, th there's the Cyberpunk 2020 tabletop role-playing game, so I'm not, like, I'm not really too familiar with the setting, but, um, but I've been following the trailers, obviously, and I'm just... I'm super excited to explore... Night City and you know getting another glimpse of it in this new trailer was fantastic like it looked it just seems like there's more polish there's just like there's there there's more things happening the lights look brighter the the cities uh look more packed like there's just so many things that are going on here yeah but yeah the the story the story trailer though also showed us new areas you know to get it excited about like the uh the badlands which is kind of interesting because Everything I had seen so far around cyberpunk was very urban settings. It was a tightly packed city, lots of NPCs, stories to tell. Um, but with the Badlands, it's this big departure from that. And we see wide open desert, an area and a region so that you can zip around in your car or other vehicle that you have. It, it, it was a big, big departure, I would say, from what we've seen before. Uh, what are your thoughts so far on seeing the Badlands? So I think I was, uh, I was joking about this earlier, but... I think I've heard the name Badlands in games a hundred times. Like it's like it's giving me it's giving me flashbacks of of, uh, of like say Mad Max or or Rage. Um, so like I, I I swear I've been there before. I feel like I've been there, but um, but I mean like it looks really cool. I I like driving around in games, and that the Badlands looked really awesome. Um, what I thought was actually the most interesting, um, and one of the things I'm just really excited to explore in this game is that. It seems like every district has its own uh, mob or, or group. Um, they mentioned in this trailer that, that uh, the Badlands is going to have the Nomads. I don't really know much about the Nomads, but I'm excited to find out who they are, like their personalities. Do they have a leader? What do they do? Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. And the other thing that I thought was interesting, too, is that it seems like the Badlands actually surrounds Night City so is that like is that where i'm i can quickly get from point a to point b right like just sort of like exit yeah, exit yeah. the city and drive around <laughs> circumference well one cool thing i i heard is that um there is going to be like as you're driving around there will be radio stations as well too so you can like tune into 
I don't even know what in 2077 they will have for radio, maybe like Sirius XM XXL. I don't know, but <laughs> they'll, they'll probably have some really cool backstories um, or, you know, they'll have cool ways to fill in the player about some backstories or breaking news within the city. I'm sure um, as you're, you're zipping from point to point going through the Badlands, but you're right. Like there's a lot, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to sort of be had there in terms of developing more of the stories. I, I think it, for me, I'm most excited about having a spot to take the incredible looking vehicles I've seen so far and just go ripping down a straight through a desert. So <laughs> there it's the, like the, a lot of the, a lot of the autos that we've seen so far look like this mix of American muscle car meets again, 2077. So it's going to be pretty wild to just be able to zip around there. I was also reading that CD project red intentionally designed the Badlands so that even if you are, you know, dead set on staying within the city, there will be missions that are going to pull you out um, into the Badlands and, you know, the surrounding area. I'm super excited for side missions. I know that's a weird thing to say, but even in The Witcher, you'd think, oh man, side mission, this is just going to be busy work. But CD Projekt Red, they have the best side missions. I remember playing Destiny at first and, you know, Destiny is very light on story. So I was playing Destiny at the time I was playing The Witcher 3. And I did one side mission in The Witcher 3, and it was like two to three parts, and I found it had more story in that single side mission than all of Destiny. And it's not to slag Destiny, but it is just to say that like, if you're looking for story, you always are going to get it in spades when it comes to CD Projekt Red. With Cyberpunk 2077, that's, that's the thing I'm most excited about. Another big surprise from the live stream was a shock announcement of an anime series coming to Netflix in 2022. So CD Projekt Red must have been encouraged by the success of the Witcher live action series and brought Cyberpunk into the fold, which I'm super excited about. Witcher on Netflix, I, I loved it. I know a lot of people weren't too sure about it because it would bounce back and forth with the timelines of the game, but I loved it. Um, and to also hear that the uh, Japan-based animation company Studio Trigger will helm the project, I, I'm, I'm really psyched for this. Another really interesting part is the fact that the game's coming out this November, but they're, they're planning almost a roadmap of content for this outside of the game to 2022. Uh, what are your thoughts on what you've seen so far from the, the anime series? I thought it was really interesting because um, last September I went to Tokyo Game Show and Cyberpunk actually had a very big booth, probably one of the biggest booths at Tokyo Game Show. And I was kind of wondering, like, why would they have such... Because even at uh, E3, they had... There was no booth. They just had this private room where they were demonstrating. And there was a lot of hype and a lot of attention going on um, at, at uh, Tokyo Game Show last year. But now I understand. Yeah. Like, now I get it. Because they actually have a Tokyo-based group, right? So some of the folks that were that were um, in that clip, I remember seeing at Tokyo Game Show last year. So I think, uh, you know, they, they obviously have huge plans to market this game in Japan. And, and obviously the anime is going to play into that as well. So I'm really excited about that. But I think what's most exciting for me is that, like I said, I'm not too familiar with the cyberpunk um, series. So... I'm looking forward to, to exploring. It's going to obviously be uh, not related to or not directly tied into Cyberpunk 2077. It's going to be its own story. So I can't wait to meet some more characters, learn some more locations in this world. What I'm also excited about, too, is that uh, they mentioned in the trailer that um, they're, this, they're actually going to be using this anime as sort of a way to educate everyone on the Cyberpunk universe in hopes of getting more people to play the video game. Yeah. So... Um, you know, if any, like, I don't, I think most of us are picking up the game when it launches, but yeah, if you I are on the so. fence, if you're, 
yeah if you're on the fence and you're not really too sure like is this game for me is this not game for not a game for me you could check out this anime and you know get a get a flavor for what you might find in the game that's pretty cool and i i didn't realize that at tgs it had such a big presence uh for me i love everything about japanese culture and to hear that there's going to be more and more japanese culture brought into cyberpunk i hope that it's really prominent and i'm interested to see how they bring it into again you know, Cyberpunk 2077 is based in a futuristic Los Angeles. So it'll be great to see the American influence and other influences around the world. But to hear that a big Japanese influence is coming into the series, um, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what, what aspects of Japanese culture uh, are injected into the game. Yeah, well, one one thing too that, uh, that I, I was doing a little bit of research on Cyberpunk and they actually have, there's like a little Tokyo district right? So Night City has six different districts. From what I understand, one of the districts is going to be a little Tokyo. I'm really excited about that. I can't, hopefully there's like sushi bars I can go to. And like, <laughs> you know, I just, I just love, I just love the neon signs of, of, of Japan and Tokyo. So like, I hope it's just like, it just overwhelms me with all these bright lights everywhere. Uh, we saw a new sort of uh, mode within the game or a new mechanic called Brain Dance. Brain Dance allows players to virtually step into someone else's shoes. This mode lets you see the world via an NPC or another player's memories. It's going to be great, I'm sure, for backstory, reliving their experiences and exploring virtual surroundings. I don't think it's new by any means. I think it's going to be interesting to see it in Cyberpunk 2077, but I think other game franchises like Batman Batman Arkham series had this uh, via detective mode as well as Detroit on the PS4. But again, essentially this augmented reality interface lets you piece together a character's backstory by recovering their recording implant within uh, the cyberpunk universe. Uh, the trailer ended with the virtual appearance of Johnny Silverhand. My big theory here is that he's kind of like he's the Cortana to V. Johnny Silverhand, like Cortana is Cortana to the Master Chief, because he is sort of connected to you via this neural interface. So I know Johnny Silverhand, I don't know a ton about the Cyberpunk 2077 lore, but I know he's a big deal. Uh, he's essentially a rock star in that universe. So maybe he's this rock star connected in some sort of different way to your neural in interface. But hey, either way, you got Keanu Reeves as your sidekick through this entire adventure. Can't get much better than that, I would say. Well, first of all, I just want to say that your description of brain dance was absolutely breathtaking. So thank you for that. <laughs> no, you're breathtaking. <laughs> we had to. We, we thought yeah. we were going to avoid that, but not this time. <laughs> so brain dance looked really cool, really interesting. As you mentioned, it's been in a bunch of other games, right? The Batman Arkham series had it. D Detroit Become Human had it. So I'm wondering, really what is this going to be showing me that's different or new it i didn't really see a whole lot that was new because it you know you have the ability to look around pause play rewind scan things that's pretty much everything that you could do in the batman and, and detroit game so um you know i'm wondering like is there going to be other stuff that's going to be something new that i haven't seen before i guess we'll have to wait and see um but um yeah, I think it's it's really cool and really interesting, but it's going to be something that's really tricky because I mean, it, there like these stories that you're investigating are, are going to have to be super interesting, right? The one that we saw in the trailer was it looked like a guy that was just robbing a convenience store. <laughs> yeah. So, um I I like I don't know how interesting 
they're going to be if they're all like that. But it seems like they they talked about afterwards that they're going to be like these um, brain dance uh, flashbacks that you're going to get are are, are going to um, revolve around um, like the different factions, and they talked about like corporations and and um, religion and a whole bunch of other things like that. So you know, if I get a like sneak peek into like some crazy cultist religion. A ceremony that that's going on that would be a little bit more interesting to me than robbing a convenience store so hopefully there's gonna be a lot of really cool stuff like that so i'm just really curious i think we can give cd project red the benefit of the doubt here in terms of um the story itself I, I i have to based on my experiences with the witcher 3 it was a universe that when i started the game i knew very little about but even their game within the game gwent cards i got so addicted to that i probably put 30 hours into searching for and participating in the Gwent card tournament. If for our listeners, if you're not familiar with Gwent, it's essentially a card game within the actual Witcher 3 universe. And the game itself is just the card game itself is so much fun. You have to you have to find certain NPCs with uh, rare cards, so you'd have to beat them and get various cards off them. There's an there was an achievement and a trophy for finding all these cards, and like I went to the ends of the earth, literally in The Witcher, to finish that sort of quest line, get the achievement trophy. Um, but yeah, like in terms of just the rich side stories and side missions and fun little things like Gwent, I wonder what the cyberpunk equivalent will be. So I think. I think if they bring in something like Brain Dance, or if anyone out there has the ability to make it something incredibly interesting, it's going to be CD Projekt Red. So I'm pretty psyched for that. Uh, another really cool piece of information coming out of the uh, City Wire was the fact that Cyberpunk 2077, we know it's been delayed. It's coming out the November the 19th, 2020. Hopefully, fingers crossed, that that comes to pass. Again, if you have the game on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, it's also going to come as a free upgrade to you later on, Xbox Series X, as well as the PlayStation 5. So I know a lot of people were getting bent out of shape about, oh, is it going to be coming to the PS5 in the same way that it comes to the uh, Xbox Series X? You betcha. So again... Uh, you know, CG, CD Projekt Red, man, they're awesome. They wouldn't do they wouldn't do PlayStation fans dirty like that. So there you have it. <laughs> it's it's yeah. uh, it's having that that sort of cross gen uh, compatibility, which is awesome to hear. I got I got a question for you too. Yeah, like, this is a this is a I got to know your answer to this. Okay. So the, the the rumor is that the PS5 is going to be launching on November twentieth, and probably Series X will be around that day. Let's just say the game drops on the 19th and then the new consoles drop on the 20th. Are you going to play Cyberpunk on your existing consoles for one day <laughs> and, and, and then play it on your new console on November 20th? Or would you, are you going to, are you going to wait that one day just so you can play it on the new console? I will, the moment I have Cyberpunk in my hands, I will start playing it on whatever platform I have available to me. Uh, it's, it's, Green, it's all green light, man. <laughs> right away. <laughs> That's the right answer. All right. Awesome. I'm gonna do the same thing, but I, yeah, it's gonna be really funny if I have to like you know save my game and then or let's hop over to next next gen. Let's hope in a future city wire they announce the fact that maybe your your saves are cross gen compatible. I don't know how they would shake that out of uh, the technological tree, but man, that would be amazing that oh yeah, started on your PlayStation 4 or Xbox 1 and then hey, when you get your Series X or PS5, pick up right where you left off. 
that would be a bit yeah. of a technical marvel if they could do that man i would i'd be thrilled but i guess we'll see what happens let's get our cowboy boots on and take a look at the real-time tactical stealth mission desperados 3 tour de force so my uh, my opening thoughts of Desperados 3, it's far less run and gun than a game like Red Dead Redemption 2. So if you're expecting to go in and shoot everything in sight, that's not the way this game operates. And I'm happy that it doesn't because it's just such a welcome change. It really depends, as I said before, on being stealthy. It's a serious stealth challenge. Um, you play through the game and it's the origin story of John Cooper takes you from environments or uh, places like Colorado all the way to New Mexico. It's, it's a fun, lengthy, meaty campaign. You're looking at about 30 hours. I really, really loved the uh, odd combination, I guess you could call it, of, of a Western sort of cowboy game and a you know, party of five or uh, a gang of five using various people at certain times to, you know, take that strategy and get through the game. So instead of just, like I said before, a full-on shootout, it's more about quietly hiding in the bushes, which you'll do a lot of in this game, is hide in bushes and then plan, you know, your, your next move. It was a lot about trial and error. You need to save a lot while you're playing through this game. Even slipping up past a single enemy, you want to make sure to save right away. Because if you don't, you're going to have to reload and then go back to the last checkpoint. And, you know, you're going to be reloading more and more uh, as you get deeper into the game. Like the challenge gets, rank, uh, you know, cranked up. But I think it happens in such a manner that it's fair to the player experience and the actual difficulty curve doesn't kill you. Certain parts are really frustrating in the fact that if you mess up and you forgot to save at the point that you should have, you're, you're in trouble. Uh, another minor qualm that I had was just with the camera, which you can manually control. You could also set it. Um, I discovered this later on, actually, from Paul. But you can set the camera to sort of focus on you as your player. But uh, for a good chunk of the game, I was actually moving my camera around manually. And that, that got a little bit frustrating here and there. Um, in terms of the game itself, though, like an overview of this, you really should you really should play this game. It's a ton of fun. It's got fantastic gameplay. The stealth mechanics are great. Um, they actually made me harken back to my Metal Gear Solid days on the PlayStation, like in terms of that methodical thinking, uh, in terms of, okay, how am I going to get by this enemy? It's not just always about shooting your way through. The voice acting was hilarious. Great stories told with, with really, really, really funny characters. Um, it fills in a lot of the blanks of the past game and offers a compelling story. So if you've got a fear of, okay, I didn't know what happened in the last game, I'm just going to skip this one. Don't do that. There's still a lot of enjoyment to be had here. Um, sort of like, again, the downsides of the game that I mentioned is that the camera sometimes, you know, it got away, got in the way of the action a little bit. Um, and then constantly reloading and quick saving, it, it hurt the flow of the game for me a little bit. And I, I just wish that, um, you know, in terms of, the, the developer's choices, maybe they could have just automatically put auto-saving in for you af, you know, a little bit more frequently instead of always pushing the player to make that decision to save. With Desperados 3, for the few negatives I could come up with, the positives uh, far and away outshine those negatives. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Definitely go out and experience this. You're going to love it. Paul, what are your thoughts on Desperados 3? I love the genre of the real-time tactics. I've been a huge fan of XCOM um, you know, since day one, and I was really excited to give this game a try. Plus, I like the Wild West um, scene. I mean, who doesn't like classic 
you know, Clint Eastwood flicks or like Hang 'em High or games like Red Dead Redemption 2. So it's just like it's a really cool, um, you know, uh, moment in time. And I, and I was excited to jump into it. And the one thing that I, I that really stood out for me in this game, it has to be the characters. I mean, I thought uh, the characters were really well done. The voice acting was great. Um, what I was most surprised about with this game is that to me, it's almost like half comedy. <laughs> like it's the, 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 the characters have <laughs> totally. funny lines and there's just like, there's hilarious things that happen. Each of the characters um, have special abilities, right? And the special abilities are so funny. Like there's one, um, like the, uh, Hector Mendoza. Um, he's, he like his yep. special move is he's got this bear trap, but he calls it Bianca, right? So he's just like, uh, he, it's like, you know, come see Bianca, <laughs> right? And I'm just like, he's always saying, and, and the, the characters are, are like, I remember there was like one moment where, where one of the characters, I think it was John Cooper, the, the main protagonist, he was just like, he's like, why do you call your bear trap Bianca? Like, how did, how did you name it Bianca, right? So it's just really funny. And then uh, there's, uh, there's another character um, that you get like relatively early in the game, which is Kate O'Hara. And she flirts, like her special ability is to go up to an enemy and start flirting, right? And and it just it just it distracts the guy so that yeah. his cone of vision uh, focuses on her. So your other character can just sneak on by, right? Yeah, it's so sneak like it's just on, so yeah. funny. Yeah. And then later on in the game, this is probably in the, like the latter half of the game, you get um, this character named Isabella Moreau, and she's like this voodoo witch person, but she can just do hilarious things. Like she can. Um, that's so weird but you can connect two enemies so you like she shoots an arrow at one enemy and then you can shoot an arrow at another enemy to connect them and then whatever she does to the one enemy happens to the other one so if she kills the one enemy the other guy just automatically dies i found i found some of her missions like the most fun but yeah no totally it was i love that little cool sort of supernatural twist on all of this like it, the comedy supernatural yeah, uh twists it's, it's just <laughs> the, so funny yeah the band band yeah. of odd and she's, characters. she's got a yeah, cat it was great that that she can unleash to distract a character right like what what other game has, does your character have a cat like it's just it's so it's so funny <laughs> yeah yeah so i really like that aspect of it but what i thought was really good about this game and probably my favorite feature of it was just the fact that every level just had so many different ways to complete it right like you can go in there and you can be stealthy, right? You can have nobody spot you. You can silently kill people. You can hide their bodies in bushes so that nobody can run into them. But you can also like, you can be ruthless too. Like some of the characters have guns, so you can just shoot people and you can even have fun with the environment. Like some of the uh, levels have rocks that you can push to smush people that you can drop crates on them. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed that aspect a lot more. And I found I was constantly trying to go the, the stealth based route. Like I, I know there was ways there, there are ways that you know that you can go loud or forced to go loud. But I really did like trying to like figure out, okay, how can I get through this with least amount of noise possible. So I, I enjoyed having so many options in, in terms of how to achieve, you know, certain objectives. Yeah, and like there's like really funny stuff too. Like one time I remember there was a guy that was walking behind a horse, and then I threw a coin and I hit the horse and I startled the horse and then kicked yeah. the guy. <laughs> My I I don't really have a lot of complaints um, with the game. I mean, overall I thought it was really good. Uh, I do really agree with you. the The camera angle is kind of weird because um, it doesn't actually follow your character around. So you gotta you gotta move your character and you gotta move the camera. 
um, which was a bit annoying. But however, yeah, you can lock the camera into your character's position so that it moves with them. And that pretty much solved that problem. But the other one really is just the, the saving uh, mechanism they have in the game. I just thought it was really strange. It really, it kind of took me out of the experience sometimes because I think the default is every one minute uh, pop-up shows on your screen just saying like, hey, like don't forget to manually save your game, right? Yeah. Which is kind of annoying because it takes up such big real estate on your screen, right? Yeah, it takes up like almost three quarters like that I, I found. I was just like, oh, why not just why not just save for me and let, let me keep rolling forward? I went into the options because it was so annoying and you can change the time frequency of these pop-ups. So I changed it to, I think, somewhere around like two or three minutes, right? But even still, like it was still a little bit no annoying. And the whole time I'm just thinking to myself, why does this game not have, say, like 10 autosave slots? Like maybe every 20 seconds, it just it creates a new slot. And then also have the option for a manual, Yeah. right? So it gives... It gives you the best of both worlds instead of having you, again, like having this pop-up, which I thought was really annoying. Ultimately, it's a minor quibble. Like, I, I I thought the game was fantastic. So, I mean, as much as the camera and the, the save functionality was a little bit annoying, overall, I love the experience. So, I'm going to give it a solid 9 out of 10. Well-deserved there. So, yeah, we both love Desperados 3. Definitely check it out at home uh, if you get a chance. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Jump on Twitter and uh, share your thoughts with at uh, Dapper underscore Tux or at NextGenPlayer and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we're also going to be talking now about uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Please try saying that three times fast. But uh, <laughs> it really is. Uh, but, hey, you know what? SpongeBob is back. Really love the uh, super fun remake. Uh, it's what over 15 years later now. Here we are. The game for me, it looked really great on my my Xbox One X. So it, you know, the graphics were silky smooth. I love the super neon, uh, you know, environments. It it was like playing through episode or a few episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, I even loved in the intro. And I kind of freaked out a little bit, and my and Dapper Junior, my son, he didn't understand. But when 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 the actual theme song ends and he plays the flute on his nose, I was like, oh my god, he even plays the flute here on his nose. And my son was looking at me like, what? What, Dad? What's wrong with you? Family fun dialed up to uh, a high level with this one. The controls were also fun. Um, my one qualm is that after playing games like Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, and Spyro Reignited, my expectations for this and ironing out some of the, I guess you could say, bugs or some of the things that didn't work in 2003, I figured they'd be gone. But again, we still saw long load times. And uh, I know they added things on like the multiplayer, but I did find that a little bit lacking. What I really would have loved to have seen is the time that it took to develop the new multiplayer mode and instead do a fully-fledged co-op, I, I would have enjoyed that way more. To play online with someone co-op, couch co-op with my with my son or with another family member, uh, I know that would be way more of a gargantuan undertaking. Again, the multiplayer didn't didn't really hit the spot for me, although, you know, it was, it was fun here and there. 10-hour campaign, I, I enjoyed it. But uh, again, I just felt so much more could have been done around, you know, voice acting, uh, improving on the issues from the past. Things got a little bit redundant at times. It was all beautiful, fun, and magical to relive the sort of era that I played through with this game. But uh, yeah, looking back at the game as a whole, like I said, the sights and sounds of classic SpongeBob were wonderful, great environments. Uh, I love the fact that you kind of play the game in, in 
just about any order that you wanted to. Absolutely big time family fun. Like my son, he's six, he needed some help with some bosses, but it was it was fun doing that old school. Like, okay, when I get my game over, you go you go play and trading the controller back and forth that way was a lot of fun. Things that things that just really were, were minuses for me was it was sad to to not have all the original voice cast there. Like Mr. Krabs original voice actor uh, wasn't there. That made me a little bit sad. I'm a huge SpongeBob fan, so <laughs> it would have been nice to have all all the voice actors, uh, original voice actors included. I also didn't enjoy the trek to swap characters. I do feel that that could have been something that they they fixed in terms of instead of having to trek back to bus stops and ta- the taxi stops, maybe just having a button that just lets you hot swap characters. You have to go back about halfway through the level. I felt like sometimes to swap out a character and the boss battles themselves too. There was a little bit of you know, lack of variety. It was always the same, like, hey, hit this boss three times, then you get to move on. But for family fun, it was great. The nostalgia of SpongeBob, the original game, really, really was fantastic too. But I I would give this one a 7 out of 10. Again, a good score. I do feel you should play the game, just going in with the understanding that it's a pretty, a very, very pretty looking, I guess you'd call it, port, and not a full-fledged remake like something like Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, or uh, Spyro Reignited. But otherwise, a fun experience, a great fun family summer experience with SpongeBob. Uh, we haven't decided yet in our duo here who's SpongeBob or who's Patrick. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, Paul, what, sure. were, what were your th- thoughts on uh, SpongeBob Rehydrated? It was great to play this game again. Um, it's been, I think, 17 years since I played the original game. It's so really cool to, to jump back in and relive the memories. And obviously, you know, SpongeBob I love and... So I was really excited about that. I agree with most of your points. I mean, the the graphics were the biggest improvement from the original game. Like there's a shiny new coat of paint on everything. Um, bikini bottom looks great. All of the different uh, worlds that you visit, they all look really great. The thing that was kind of jarring for me is that the gameplay doesn't seem like it's really been that enhanced. I think there was a few minor things here and there that I noticed, but it f- like fundamentally plays the same as what it, does back in 2003 and that's not necessarily a good thing <laughs> like gameplay has, has improved a lot so i i understand uh, there's always this balance and this challenge being a developer like are we going to improve things are we going to you know be faithful to the original i think what you said with um the insane trilogy and uh spyro Re- reignited that's like the gold standard for doing one of these um and I think that there's certain ways that they could have uh, improved the gameplay. I, I thought that, you know, the jumping wasn't as tight as what uh, most modern games would have. Um, I, I had some challenges too, like the um, SpongeBob has that uh, like bubble tornado that you can shoot, and like the camera. I mean, I didn't. I obviously I beat the game and and didn't really have like you know too big of a problem um, beating the levels, but. It was just kind of annoying because sometimes I would have to like shoot the torpedo out twice or three times to hit this one red button. And it was mainly just because it was so hard to turn it. Like, it's like, I'm like, come come on, bubble rocket, like turn the camera, damn it. Yeah. And like the, the bus stop issues that you mentioned, geez, that was annoying. Like, I actually understand why they did that. It's because, so they would make you become a certain character, right? And then... Like, there would be one spot where you'd have to be Spongebob, and then he would have to ricochet off the walls, like, with the wall jumping to get to the very top. And then a cutscene would happen, and then that way, um, they only had to record the Spongebob lines, right? Because, like, you were forced to be Spongebob 
to make it to this new war- new section of that level. But if you could just, you know, swap it at any time, then I could just switch the Patrick when I'm at the very top and then they'd have to change the whole cutscene to be, you know, f- uh, for both of them. So I totally get it. Like, there's reasons why um, you have to go to the bus stops, but it's super annoying. I remember there was one of the later levels. I'm trying to think it might have been, geez, what was it? Like, Kelp Forest? I think, yeah, I think it was Kelp Forest. But there's one level where um, I actually had to go to the next area of that of that spot um so i had to go through a loading screen and the bus stop was on the other side but then i had to actually go back to the original one that i was in because i had to use uh that was um it was uh sandy that i had to to turn into right yeah and i'm just like come on man why would you put a bus stop between a loading screen like i just wasted 15 seconds 20 seconds right and and it's like that just kind of adds up because i've done that like like you said there were certain levels where i had to backtrack five minutes or three minutes to, to get to the bus stop and by the end of it i'm just like you know what i probably spent a good half an hour in my <laughs> in my 10 hour pl- playthrough just going back to bus stops to, to switch characters right so i'm like you know it, it's it's 2020 like we shouldn't be doing stuff like that but again i understand they're trying to be faithful to the, the original but um you know the one thing that i really like with this game is obviously the humor the humor is just like it's off the charts if you like spongebob there's even just the regular lines that the characters are saying and they would say them over and over again but no matter how many times i heard them i was still laughing like and i mean like there, there's a lot of stuff to collect too i I've, i got i'm around some like 90 spatulas and uh like 70 patrick socks so i'm probably gonna go, go back go back and see if i can 100 percent the game um but yeah overall they had a lot of fun um the gameplay obviously is still from 2003 um graphics look phenomenal um i would say overall i'd give this game i'd say about a seven and a half out of ten all right i think we both agree some great family fun in there just a little bit more to push it over the the edge of uh, remake greatness that's all we have for you uh, on this episode of down to play i'm dapper tux and i'm next gen player you can catch us on twitter and instagram at dapper underscore tux and at next gen player we are always down to play Mm -hmm.